0: And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
1: You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Follow me on Twitter at JJLAHEY to stay up to date with all things Packers or to submit questions for the show. Thank you to everybody who did write in this week. Um, it's been a crazy week, so I'm actually not going to get to any listener questions on the show, but I did respond to a couple of you guys in private. Um yeah, like I said, <laughs> crazy week. My computer died. Um, that was just a fluke. Uh, hardware failure uh, with the hard drive. So I had to start over from scratch, redownload all my software with a new hard drive. That was not super fun, but whatever. Um, so, and then much other stuff. It's, it's been a, a crazy week, but I'm here. i um, ready to do this episode. I'm excited to be with you guys today. I'm going to kick things off with an interview with uh, Kate from Tailgate with Kate, a new sports podcast. She's a Packers fan, and I wanted to introduce you guys to her. Um, I think she's pretty cool, and uh, we had a fun chat talking about the Packers uh, and just being sports fans and podcasters in general. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what do the Packers need to do to win a Super Bowl this year? So I really hope you enjoy this interview with Kate. If it's not your cup of tea, fast forward to the 23-minute mark if you are only here for Packers content. 23 minutes in is where that starts.
0: We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones, Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
1: All right, welcome to the show, Kate. I am so happy to have you on here because we have been kicking around the idea of you coming on here to promote your podcast and um, get uh, get in front of my listeners for like forever. And we actually had a podcast scheduled for us to record uh right before the draft. It was on the books. We were going to do it. And we were talking about topics and I told you, oh, well, man, we are hitting the draft hard and heavy right now. So uh, I got these cool draft questions and you're like, dude, I do not care about the draft. Can we wait until that's over and talk about like you know, more relatable things than like grinding tape of college players because I just can't do that, so we pushed it back to now. Um, Kate host of Tailgate with Kate, a fantastic uh, new sports podcast out there. Welcome to the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you having me it's It's been a long time. I think I invited you on mine way back when, and we just haven't had time, so it's good to be here i'm I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'll definitely take you up on that because uh, I I super want to come meet your audience as well. Um, Talking about the Packers right now and, and being a podcaster, you can feel my pain and I can feel your pain of there is nothing to talk about right now. We got OTAs going on. And there's like, oh, here's a three or four sentences per day that you can give kind of an update like, hey, Christian Watson dropped a pass. Hey, Rasul Douglas showed up. That's it. That's all the news. There's nothing else <laughs> to talk about. Right. Um, it can get it can get dry right now. What What are you doing on your show? Um, I, one of the things that that uh, is a specialty of yours is really interesting guests. I've noticed I've listened to a bunch of episodes and you got guests that I'm like, holy cow, how did she get? I mean, it's a great podcast, but like how in the world did you get these people to come do a show like they're super busy?
2: Yeah, I am extremely lucky. Um, I think. Um, it is different. I'm doing something different because I knew going into it, I said, there's no way that I can keep up with just a Packers podcast. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. that's probably the easiest thing for me because of my audience and like who my Twitter followers are. Like they're mostly Packers people. Um, but I knew from the jump that I couldn't keep up with that. Like one, my attention span and two, like (laughs) in off season, it just is so slow. And so I knew that if I had to do that in the off season, I probably would stop. Um, so I kind of just took all the four main sports, uh, talk about those a little bit. You know, I've done a couple hockey ones, baseball, um, a little bit of basketball. I haven't really done a lot of basketball, but, um, I just knew that I had to come up with something else, uh, to make it a little bit different. And I tie in a lot of social issues and, uh, current events that are going on. Um, there's a lot going on that aren't sports related, but still related to sports, Um, So I kind of talk about those a lot more than just like stats or uh, who's going to do what or who's going to get drafted, like you said, um, to try to keep my content rolling.
1: Now, one of the big focuses of your messaging on social media, and I would say on the podcast as well, seems to be promoting positivity. That seems to be really important to you.
2: Yeah, I try. Um, A lot of that's just in my life, too. Like I was not like this uh, a while back, and it's just... it's. A different perspective when you're going into things with things with positivity, and that's life and that's sports. Like I'm very much the person that when we lose, I'm really sad for like ten minutes, and then on to the next sport because there's so many things out there that we can be positive about and we can be happy about, and can take so much of our energy that I don't want to spend my energy that I don't have a lot of anyway, um, putting towards negative things.
1: What about? Bears fans, though. I mean, what do they have to be thankful about?
2: <laughs> no, I'll give all my negative energy to Bears fans. Um, <laughs> no, I mean they have. Um,
1: sure, exactly. That's that's where I, <laughs> as far as I get to. They have. They'll always have 1985,
2: right? And some of them are nice people. I mean, that's really all they got going for them, though.
1: I do know two nice Bears fans on Twitter. I don't know more than that, but I do know two. <laughs>
2: Oh <laughs> uh, there's some good ones. I mean each fan base, you know how it is. They they all have good and bad and uh Vikings fans, man, I That's to me that's worse than Bears fans. Poor guys. Yeah. But. I
1: I live in Michigan, so I am okay. inundated with Lions fans all the time. They're the most miserable people on the planet. They hate their team so much. I nobody in the world Dislikes the Lions as much as Lions fans. It's crazy how much (laughs) they hate their team. Yeah. You can't even, you know, trash talk with them because after like 60 seconds of it, they're, they just are defeated and they're like, yeah, well, you know what? At least, at least, uh, we don't wear green. That's (laughs) what I got
2: sometimes. (laughs) Right. Uh, They know how it is. And I I feel that as a Rockies fan. Like people try to trash talk the Rockies and I'm like, look, man, I get it. I get it. It's like,
1: you guys haven't had success in a while.
2: Uh, we made the playoffs in 2018. We promptly exited the playoffs. <laughs> that's about it.
1: That's still more than the Lions have. Um, <laughs> that's, so, that's true. <laughs> uh, question for it. So we didn't do any talking about the draft pre-draft, but now that it's over, what do you think about these players that we picked up? And what was your reaction when we took
2: them? Yeah, I mean, I knew going into it that we were going to get uh, a defensive player first. Uh, just because everyone didn't want that. So it's Mm -hmm. not like I had any special knowledge or anything. I just, because everyone (laughs) wanted a wide receiver, um, that wasn't going to happen. I knew we were going to go defense, which. So you have um, been
1: around for a while.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a little bit. Um, I pay attention to the draft. I just don't care about it all, all too much, but, uh, I'm stoked about it. I mean, I think they were all good picks from what I've seen. Um, I am excited about the wide receiver that they got. Uh, I I don't see him, you know, coming out being a shining star year one, but that's okay. Uh, They rarely are. So I'm very excited about it. I think it'll be good.
1: Now, one of the uh, the big topics that I'm going to talk about in this podcast today is what do the Packers have to do to win a Super Bowl (laughs) this season? I was really hoping in my research that I was going to find some some clear cut answers like, oh, you got to have a top five offense and defense no such luck there it is there's no correlation like at all I'm looking at, at who was in the Super Bowl in the last couple of years and I got as far back as 2020 before I threw my hands up in the air and said there's nothing here that's going to give me a, a quick and clean um, podcast topic to talk about here but what do you think the answer is um, as you're looking at how the team has gone last couple of years uh, there, where they've fallen short um, where you think the current strengths and weaknesses of the team are, what do you think they need to do uh, between now and February to be the ones hoisting that Lamar day again?
2: So the easy answer is special teams. Like, come on, we got to fix our special teams and then we're going to be the perfect team. But the the weird thing about special teams is, which I never understood. And and I didn't really like get super into football until like pretty recently, like as far as the actual strategy of it, I liked watching and that was about it. But like with special teams, those are your players. Like it's the same players you have on your team. So like <laughs> it always blew my mind when you have really, really good players and they make big plays when they're just playing like regular offense defense, then you put them on special teams and you're like, man, you can't, you literally can't catch the ball. Like Something about special teams is just killer, and I don't—I'll never understand. Um So that's the obvious answer. But what I think needs to happen, like our defense is stacked this year. They really like, are. They were good last year, and we were missing a ton of guys. So it's crazy that like a lot of those guys that we were missing, we have back. Obviously, we lost Z, but eh, different topic <laughs> for a different time. But uh, right. you know, but we were getting a lot of those guys back, and so to think about the depth of our defense is absolutely wild. And so my like kind of off the beaten path answer is like, they just have to play the game that they've been playing. Like it sounds stupid, but every game that we've It, do- lost, it doesn't
1: though, because consistency has killed them in the last couple of years or rather yes. a lack of consistency has killed them.
2: Right. Like we're so good and so talented and the talents there and the stats are there during regular season. Um, and then you have things that just happen that are so out of the norm for the team. Um, you know, scoring, God, it, it, I blocked it out of my memory, but didn't we score like nine points? I think in it was the, 10 in points. The, in the last, yeah. Like that was compared to the rest of the season, the yeah. points that our offense Wild. put up was Wild. stupid. Yeah. Like there was no reason for that. So I think consistency is probably a, a more. Uh, accurate way to put it but like just play your game like you play 17 games so well or 16 15 14 games so well and then you get to the playoffs and it's like you forget how to play football
1: yeah they scored 460 points throughout the regular season which uh makes them uh a top 10 uh offense and they put up 10 points in a playoff game it was heartbreaking and just soul crushing and i didn't know how we were gonna lose because you never can quite see that coming but i just i woke up that morning looking at the fact that we were playing the 49ers and i said you know Mm -hmm. ridiculous crap always happens with the 49ers and i just i don't trust these guys
2: well and i was at the 49ers regular season game in california we Um, should have
1: swapped those two honestly
2: Yeah, and but it's funny. I woke up that morning, too, and I said, we're going to lose this game. But I thought it was going to be the same type of game as the first one, but opposite Mm. outcome. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's going to be so close. We're going to score a lot of points. We're going to play a really good game. And then they're going to be the ones to score it at the end. Um, Yeah. Which I would have been happier with, to be honest. (laughs) Because I don't know. It was awful. (laughs)
1: It was not a fun game to watch. That's part of the problem. I was watching it with a bunch of Lions fans, and you know, for uh, for the first half of the game, they were trying to decide, like, all right, we're we gonna are we gonna root for the Niners or are we gonna you know support our buddy JJ and root for the Packers with him? But then by halftime, they were just rooting for like anything to happen. They were right. I think if you were not a Niners or Packers fan, that was one of the worst football games you've ever seen.
2: Yeah, it was so bad, and I was there, and I was bored, and I was like, "This is just not fun." Like, it's not even. Oh, fun but not to be no, here. no,
1: but not week three. Week three was a fun game. I'm talking. No, about I both. was at the both of them. Game. I was at both of them. You were at both of them.
2: Yes. Yeah, I okay, went to so a stupid not, amount of games.
1: Well, you're not a jinx then, because you were there for the for the uh, Crosby clutch, last second, 37 seconds, no timeout, Aaron Rodgers magical showdown. Mm-hmm. So it's not you. You're not the problem.
2: Nope. I how always, many how many
1: games did I you go to, to this year?
2: Ten. I think it was ten regular season and then plus that one.
1: Wow. You were a trooper. You're a diehard.
2: Yeah. Last year was crazy. I'm glad I did it because obviously this next year is not going to happen that way. But I, I went to Florida um, for that week one,
1: mm-hmm. which was miserable. Ooh. Yeah. No kidding.
2: And it it was hot and we were lewd. like it was miserable. Um, I went up to Minnesota for a game. Um, though, obviously we lost that one. That was also miserable yep. for different reasons. I went
1: to the other Minnesota game where we kicked them right in the butts. Yeah. And that it was, was glorious.
2: Like, negative 10 degrees. That was the coldest <laughs> I've ever been in my whole life. Oh, <laughs> I man. Was at that one all, too. <laughs> all
1: our food and drinks froze before we could consume them. Yeah. My wife got up and she went and got a hot pretzel. And when she came and sat down, it was frozen solid. She mm-hmm. couldn't bite into it. It was so hard.
2: Yeah. It was, I had nachos and I took like as many bites as I could before we got back to our seats because I knew <laughs> that as soon as I got there, I was like, this is just going to be like a block of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Temperature
1: wise, it was miserable, but the atmosphere was amazing.
2: So good. So good. Yeah. I went to a crazy amount of games. Um, yeah. I want to say it was 10. And then I also went to a Rams game in Seattle. Mm, uh, okay. That was, which the Rams won. That was really fun. Yep. Obviously I'm a Stafford fan. So it was a good time. Um, yeah, I, w- I was there pretty much all season. So nobody can say that I was the reason they lost.
1: Do you normally go to that many games or was that just a kind of a new thing?
2: That was a new thing. I, um, I actually moved to Wisconsin two years ago. Um, so the first year that I was here, we couldn't go to games because of COVID. Sure. And then, um, this last year, I was like, you know what? I haven't been. I went to one game before last season because um, I lived in Colorado. So I was like, I'm here. I live an hour and a half away. I have friends mm-hmm. that live there to make it really easy to stay if I need to. Uh, so, yeah, I just took advantage of that, which I'm so glad I did. It was so fun.
1: Now, I do have a question, though. Ten games. Mm-hmm. That had to have been a massive punch to the wallet. How much does it cost to go to ten games in one year? Because I went to one and and I still have not financially recovered.
2: Well, okay. It's not so bad because I have friends. So I slept in her spare room for quite a few. Of See, them. that's my
1: problem. I don't have any friends.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> get some friends, JJ. Um, I also, like I said, I lived an hour and a half away. So like I didn't even sure. spend a whole tank of gas getting up there. So that's a positive. Um, the game tickets, I am so lucky. Like I have said it a million times on Twitter, but like the people that I've met on Twitter are so gracious and so sweet. A lot of them were season ticket holders that just like had extra tickets um, mm-hmm. or they didn't want to go. And so they sold them at face value for me, uh, which is so generous. I know that a lot of them want to make Absolutely. a lot of money. Like if they can't go, yeah, especially cause you can sell them for like $500. Like it's people pay a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, yeah. But most of mine were bought at face value because they're just so sweet and generous. And I got free tickets to the one in Minnesota um, that was a friend, her friend dropped out and she said, if you want to make the drive and you want to pay for a hotel, like the tickets, yours for free. Um, so yeah, I just, I got really lucky, <laughs> really lucky.
1: So I got, I got two more questions for you and then i will let you go. First, how does a Colorado girl end up rooting for the Packers instead of the trashy Broncos?
2: Thank goodness, first of all. (laughs) Um, But my grandparents are actually from Stoughton, Wisconsin. Um, Ah, So their parents came over from Germany. So um, they grew up here in Wisconsin. And then they moved to Colorado for the military, ended up staying. My grandpa retired in Colorado. And he told me growing up, he said, if you're ever going to be into football, you have to be a Packers fan. He said, I don't have anybody else, so you have to. Uh, So So in college, yeah, exactly. So in college, I was like, I kind of like football. Um, This was not the Super Bowl year. This was the year after I didn't even jump on the bandwagon with the Super Bowl, as I should have. Uh, Yeah. But the year I know the year after I was like, yeah, it's okay, Uh, And so I stuck with it. I was a Packers fan from then on out.
1: All right. Very similar for me. My grandma, great grandma grew up in uh, Green Bay, and I absolutely could not um, dishonor her by rooting for any other team. I grew up in Ohio, and it was helpful that the uh, Bengals and Browns are practically never good. So, um, And then moved to Michigan, and again, there's just no competition there. So it made rooting for the Packers pretty easy, especially when Grandma was sending me um, hoodies and blankets and T-shirts <laughs> right. like every birthday and Christmas, just trying to indoctrinate me. It was total... Um, Uh, you know, indoctrination and brainwashing of a small child. (laughs) And it was very successful. And uh, and it's something I think you and I both are planning to do here. Mm -hmm. Because one of the other things that we have in common is we are both expecting our first kid right now.
2: Yeah, super exciting. Uh, Now, is your wife a Packers fan?
1: She um, she has split loyalties because she really, really likes Patrick Mahomes. So she's a Mahomes fan, and then she's also a Packers fan. And if you ask her, she'll tell you that uh, her you know if you if you force her to choose you know choose her loyalty like if the two teams are playing each other, she'll pick the Packers okay but she likes the colors for the chiefs better, so she will wear chief's um, swag more often than she'll okay. wear Chief, uh, Packer's swag, but it's just because of the colors
2: okay uh, I no offense. I hope your baby looks really bad in red because they need to be raised <laughs> as a Packers fan. Um,
1: oh, don't worry. We have plenty of uh, Packers onesies and little yeah. shirts. Um, I mean, th- this kid is going to be tricked out from head to toe in green oh, and gold.
2: Well, our our kids will be matchy-matchy because his closet is full of Packers stuff already. So thankfully, my husband is also a Packers fan. So uh, he'll, Good. he'll be raised. He won't have... Any questions, uh, he won't know Bears fans exist for a very long time. (laughs) He won't know the Bears exist for a long time. Uh, So you know
1: that Illinois exists.
2: uh, Well, I work in Illinois, so he kind of doesn't have a choice. Like, Mm. that's where my money comes from.
1: (laughs) Mommy has to go to the bad place again.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. But, yeah, we're fully prepared. I mean, I bought, actually, just yesterday, I bought the little, like, earmuffs for babies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need Um, to get some of those.
2: Yeah, I found them at a grocery store, actually, like in the pharmacy section. Um, and they're good for four years. They're zero to four years, and I bought them because as soon as I can, which will be next season, the sure. warm games. He's coming with me.
1: Okay, Funnets so my baby is gonna be is gonna be born in August. So mm-hmm. I'm I have a lot of like uh, you know stuff for the summer. We got like floppy hats and like. Uh, they can't really wear a swimsuit in their first year, but you got a lot of like warm weather Packers stuff, but I need to get on that and get some stuff for the cold weather. I don't know if mom's going to let me take the baby to a Packers game in year one. Uh, And to be honest, maybe a good decision because I get really excited and jump up and down during games. And it's probably best if she's the one holding the baby during the game, but next year, definitely getting the baby to a game. For sure. And they'll need those those earmuffs.
2: Yeah, it's a good investment. I said, I'm not going to stay at home if I can just take my baby to a game. Like, he'll be fine. He he will be great. He'll be free because he's going to sit on my lap, throw some earmuffs on. He'll learn early.
1: All right. She's Kate from Tailgate with Kate. Check her out on Twitter at world colorado girl wisconsin world it's, it's easier to read than it is to say and then uh, the podcast is tailgate with kate you can check that out it also has a twitter account at tail kate uh, which is just a fantastic name for a uh, <laughs> podcast host just love it thank check you. her out kate thanks so much for coming on here absolutely a blast to talk to you
2: thank you appreciate it
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to say for it
2: So when I asked
1: Kate uh, what she thought was the key to winning a Super Bowl this year, I don't think that she's super far off um, in her answer of special teams because I think that's a big part of it. I'm going to take a step back a, a little bit more and talk about the defense and the offense as well. But I think looking at the, at the idea that the Packers 2021 season was so hamstrung by the special teams is a valid concern. Um, when you're looking at where to get better, and I want to revisit um what I said a year ago, uh, needed to happen. Actually, you know what? I can back up two years. Um, two years ago, I I put out a an article that had five things the Packers needed to do to win a Super Bowl, and the fourth item I listed was that special teams needed to improve, and I elaborated and said that Tyler Irvin needed to be the primary returner, and Sean Menenga either needed to get his act together or, you know, beat it. <laughs> um, and things uh, weren't much better a year later. Over on my other podcast, No Huddle Radio on Packers Talk, Gil Martin and I did an episode talking about five things the Packers needed to do to win a Super Bowl. And I think that, The list aged relatively well. We bumped up special teams a little bit higher on the list that year. Uh, That was the third item on the list. Uh, We just said special teams can't hamstring the team. Well, they absolutely hamstrung the team in 2021. Um, But I think that the other items on that list are worth looking at for this year. Uh, obviously the topic of the hour at that point was Aaron Rodgers and was he going to be back? So that had to be number one. But after that, we mentioned that the Packers couldn't run into a team that they couldn't beat or have an aspect of their game that they couldn't overcome. And and the poster child example would have been the 49ers in the 2019 season, the Buccaneers in the 2020 season. I think we can pretty clearly say that did not happen in 2021 because they beat the Niners earlier in the season Um, so (laughs) you know at least we didn't lose in the same way we had been losing for the past several years Um, let's see also had uh, the run defense needed to be at least average because it was one of the worst run defenses in uh, 2019 the years are running together for me now uh, and in uh, and 2020 as well. Uh, and then we also said the star players can't disappear in big games. That I think was an issue at times. Um, but it was maybe covered up a little bit more by just the massive amount of injuries we had. Which was uh, the final item that we had on this list, which was you got to get a little bit lucky with health. Uh, they need to stay healthy, especially we highlighted along the offensive line. And, you know, the sucky thing is the offensive line was the hardest hit at the, um, you know, in in, in on the injury report. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, we really did not have a competent starting line. Love the guys we had out there um, as players, but they were not enough to get the job done. And I want to. Highlight, I think, and, and by the way, if you do not listen to my podcast, No Huddle Radio, over on Packers Talk, do check that out. Uh, I think next week, Gil and I are going to do a longer conversation about this again, um, get his thoughts on that, and kind of explore this whole idea a little bit more, and and come up with our five predict- our five um, uh, key things the Packers have to do to win a Super Bowl. But today, I'm looking at a little bit more of a basic ground level, and I just want to talk about where the offense, defense, and special teams all need to be in order to make it all the way. And I'm going to start with the defense because I think that that's the one that everybody overlooks the most and just assumes, oh, we're good on defense. I don't think that that has to be true. The defense was really good last year. I think that it's important for the defense not to take a step back. What would a step back look like? Well, it would look like what we saw from the defense for a lot of the 2021 season. You know, they started out. um, it, It took a couple weeks for them to kind of figure out what they were doing. And then they got white hot, locked it down. And what a lot of people I think have already forgotten is that there was a good chunk of the year where the... Packers defense was giving up a lot of points and not very dependable. Uh, Toward the end of the year, I'm thinking around the time that we played, uh, say, the Ravens. Well, here we go. I got the numbers here. So the last really good game that the defense had was the shutout against the Seahawks. After that, they allowed 34 points to the Vikings. We lost that game by three points. Anytime your offense puts up 31 points and you can't win the game, you got a problem. The following weeks, uh, the following week, they allowed 28 points to the Rams. I know the Rams won the Super Bowl. The Rams were not a fantastic team last year. They were good enough. They were not better than the Packers. Their offense was not good enough to where I'm okay with our defense allowing 28 points. To kind of capitalize that, look at the next week. 30 points to the Chicago Bears. Now, I know... Some of those points came from special teams. It's still the Bears. Even if your uh, special teams coughs up the ball and um, allows a return for a touchdown, you still cannot be allowing 30 points to that offense. The worst offense in football. The following week, 30 points to the Ravens, who did not have Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley was the quarterback. The week after, the points looked okay against the Browns, 22 points on Christmas Day. But do you recall how that game went? It was not a pretty game. Um For whatever reason, they were not running the ball. I don't understand why, because they absolutely could have run the ball every single down and done whatever they wanted. Anytime they put the ball in Baker's hands, it was a disaster. Uh Rasul had... um Do you have a pick six or just an interception? I think he just had the game ceiling interception. Um, There may have also been a pick six in that game, but I'm not going to look it up. Um, The defense could not stop the run and the Browns were dumb enough to keep trying to pass the ball, despite the fact that it was disaster every time they tried. And ultimately the narrative that everybody came away from that game with was, wow, it's a really good thing that, Baker played so badly <laughs> because Nick Chubb was murdering us. Now the week after that defense only allowed 10 points to the Vikings. The Vikings didn't have a quarterback. I don't think that counts. If you're playing a team with no quarterback, I'm not really impressed when you hold them at 10 points. Thank you for doing that, but I'm not impressed. And you know, okay. How, how picky can I be really? Right. I But, but I'm, I'm serious though. You're looking at 34 points to the Vikings, 28 to the Rams, 30 to the bears, 30 to the Ravens, um, a really bad showing against the Browns where we were all questioning. Is this defense? Um, okay. (laughs) Uh, we were, there was a lot of concern over whether the defense was going to be good enough in the playoffs at that point, then 10 points to the Vikings. I, I just, I don't, I don't think you can draw any conclusion from that because they didn't have a quarterback. So, Fun, and, and I'm not saying, oh, you should have held them to zero. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it doesn't tell you anything that a quarterbackless team uh was held to a low score. Because the following week, they coughed up 37 points to the Lions. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So six out of seven weeks, the defense was really bad in that stretch. And the one exception was when they played a team without a quarterback. Now the following week, of course, um, not the following week, but the following game, two weeks later was the divisional round of the playoffs. Absolutely phenomenal, stunning performance by the defense. Couldn't be happier um, with their performance for most of the game would have been nice if they could have stopped the Niners from marching down the field and kicking a field goal to win it. That would have been, you know, cool. But you can't be mad about 13 points in a playoff game. So the defense just can't take a step back. And they certainly might. Whitney Merciless is gone. And by the way, Whitney Merciless getting hurt was kind of a turning point for when the defense started crumbling again. Remember I said that their last really good performance came against the Seahawks when they shut them out? That was the game Whitney got hurt. He did not play again until the playoff game. I think Whitney was a big part of why the defense was good, but I also think that it could just be having another competent pass rusher to uh, put in the mix there is a big deal. And uh, I uh Rashawn missed, I think, a game. Yeah, he just missed one game. So... um So this is the 31-34 loss to the Vikings. We didn't have Whitney or Rashawn. Rashawn came back the following week against the Rams. We held them to 28 points. But you're looking at a pretty long stretch. One, two, three. I mean, we already know it's seven games. There's a seven-game stretch where we only had really just two pass rushers. Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. No Zadarius, no Whitney. You're looking at... Uh, Jonathan Garvin as your other pass rusher. It was not pretty. (laughs) And, and that's what we have for 2022. So I'm just saying regression is very possible. Now I think that bolstering the inside linebackers with Quay Walker is huge. I think that, um, you know, having Kingsley and Agbare on the roster is great. Got to see what he can do as a rookie, but I, I love they have another body in there. I think that they really should be looking to add another um, pass rusher to this room, though, because I don't think two guys is enough, not just because of injury, but because of what we saw last year when we only had two guys. It's just too inconsistent because you can't have Rashawn and Preston out there every single snap. They can't play that many snaps. They have to go rest. And when you are then saying, all right, time for uh, Tipa and Garvin to go out there and hold it down. That's not going to cut it. So um, for, for the defense, would love to see them take a step forward. But I think they just need to not take a step back. Um, and the the question is, who are they? Are they the defense that we saw in the divisional round against the Niners are they the defense that we saw when Whitney Merciless was playing, or are they the defense that we saw for the, the final seven games of the regular season when they only had Preston and Rashawn as their pass rushers? It's a valid question. I just don't think that it's any kind of a coincidence that exactly the seven games that Whitney missed are the seven games where we were struggling. He came back and Z and Jair all came back for the playoff game. We know what that looked like. And we all recognize that having all that depth out there was why it was so good. I'm just saying (laughs) uh, you're not going to have Whitney there this year. And can Kingsley be what Whitney was last year in his rookie season? I don't know that you can count on that. So just putting a bow on defense there. Offensively, they need to be better. Offensively, the Packers were too inconsistent last year. They had a really slow start to the season. And then they kind of got it rolling at times last year. And it was interesting because they would put up a lot of points on what you felt were some good defenses and then struggle against kind of average defenses. It was just kind of weird. And I think that the lack of cohesion across the offensive line was a big component of that. And we're hoping that we have a good offensive line this year. I don't, I just don't think that the offensive line last year was good enough. I recognize that they were, um, like borderline top 10 last year. Um, as a, a pass rushing offensive line uh, as a run blocking offensive line. It was nowhere near good enough. Uh, the run game just wasn't good enough last year. I, I squarely blame the blocking for that. And I'm not saying it's the offensive line players fault, but the offensive line as a unit was the reason I think that the offense struggled for a lot of the year. Also, sometimes the receivers and Rogers, We're not on the same page together, weren't playing as well. Tunyon regressed significantly before he ended up getting hurt. And I guess I do question where we're at tight end-wise with this roster. No question, there's a lot of things. discussion and wondering about how the wide receiver room is going to shake out. And I do think that's important. I think answering the question of tight end is also important, but the offensive line needs cohesion. They need to not be ransacked with injuries the way they were last year. You know, that was a point that I had made in my, uh, what do they need to do in 2021 to win the Super Bowl? They need to get lucky with, not having much injuries especially along the offensive line that was what I said on my other podcast and that was the undoing I really think uh I mean in the in the playoff game i I'm not sure that you had really more than two offensive linemen out there at a position that you were really okay with it, it was John Runyon and Probably Royce Newman, because he was playing decent, but he didn't play decent in that game. But going into that game, I think you were only really felt comfortable about the guards. Lucas Patrick was not playing his best football. We did not have a tackle at either position that we felt comfortable about going into that game. I think that, you know, had you had Billy Turner at right tackle and Elton at left tackle, maybe that's a combo that would work. Could Yash and Billy together? Be enough? Maybe I'm not sure. I there there is a part of me that feels like, just from a personnel standpoint, with the offensive lineman we had left at that point in the year, that it was not going to be enough to make it all the way through the playoffs, anyways. So I, I think that's going to be really key. You have to have cohesion. You have to have um, guys who are used to playing next to each other, have some stability, and. I think that the overall level of talent has to be consistent enough across all five positions that you don't have a glaring weakness. And this is one of the big issues that I have. You know, I was uh, harping pretty hard on the um, mode Drayton higher and how he was running things uh, in training camp. I did not feel comfortable with that. Uh, I, I kind of said all year long, starting as early as week one and you, if if you follow me on Twitter, if you pay attention to anything that I say on my podcast and on Twitter, after the week one embarrassing three to thirty eight blowout loss to the Saints, I came back and I I had a list of things that did concern me about that game. And overall, I said I think we need to cool it a little bit with the panic about the off- or about the uh, defense, and give them a little bit of time to figure some stuff out because a lot of the day it seemed like they were not in the right place at the right time, but they were tackling well. And I think that this is some stuff that you can clean up, but I did have concerns about the offensive line. I had big concerns about Aaron and his receivers and Tunyon all being on the same page with each other. And I, I did blame um, his absence from a lot of the off season programming on, uh, a, a, as being the cause of that. Whether that's actually the case, I'm not sure, but I think that it's it doesn't help things. And and the offense was up and down a lot of the year. Obviously, you know he won MVP again. So how mad can you be about his overall play on the season? Um, I I think you're splitting hairs a little bit there. He clearly was playing well enough that you should be able to go and win a Super Bowl, but the consistency wasn't there. And then the other thing I said in that game in week one was that the special teams was a glaring weakness that could easily cost them a playoff game. And that never got better throughout the whole season. And this, so this does bring me to special teams, the, the final phase, the, the defense needs to not take a step back and they needed to find, um, find an, an answer for pass rushers that you're rotating in. I think that's going to be a, a big deal. The offense Needs to have more cohesion. It needs to have a solid offensive line that is um, creating holes and and creating problems for the defense. And that was just not happening for too much of the year last year. I think that uh, finding good tight end play is huge. And I'm not sure that there is any external help out there that we can go get. I don't know that there's anybody we can trade for or sign uh, at, at the tight end position that's going to make a difference. It's, it, it looks at this point like all the tight end answers are going to have to come from in-house, and the, the wide receivers have to be good enough. But then special teams just needs to not kill you. <laughs> and unfortunately, at this point a year ago, I think we already could see the beginnings of – uh, the end of the season, you could see that the out that the special teams, um, preparation and execution wasn't good enough, and there was a lot of just all right, well, we got to give him time to get it figured out. Trust Mo Drayton that he's gonna get things figured out. Obviously, ultimately, none of that happened, and so. You know, if you're looking at what were the things before the year began that we had concerns about, well, offensive line depth. Uh, We weren't sure when Bakhtiari was going to come back. Uh, We didn't feel like we had a lot of bodies waiting in the wings. That obviously really was a big issue that came and bit us. Uh, Special teams was a massive concern. And then also, you know, the, the injury bug was something we were concerned about before the season began. Um, you know, with, with, uh, Zedarius missed the majority of the off season stuff. And then after week one, uh, we found out he was going to be gone for most for, for a substantial amount of time. Ended up being the entire year. I think if you look at the areas where we have concerns this year, I think you still have some concerns about the offensive line. You have concerns about, um, pass rusher depth and safety depth. I think those are an issue. And then obviously the questions we have about tight end and wide receivers, I think those are a little bit early to say. I think as the off season progresses, we'll have a better idea of where those are at Um, talent wise with all those guys. I think there's enough guys in the room to make it work with, for the wide receivers for the tight ends. I'm not so sure. We'll see special teams do no harm. We we. We'll have to see uh, how Mason Crosby responds to the kicking competition. So far, it's looking good. Um, The other day, uh, to close out practice, I think Bill Huber is the one who listed all of the um, kicks that Crosby made in a row that were good. Uh, It was like six of them, six straight kicks that he made from some pretty substantial um, distances. So that's awesome to hear. Um, punter, I'm just not that worried about. I think that the was fine last year. I was okay with Scott before that. There, there are issues for sure, but I think a lot of it really stems from a lack of trust of the guys up front blocking for him. And, uh, this year with Pat O'Donnell, I, I, I just think that we're going to be okay as long as we get better blocking. And, um, I think that will lead toward the better consistency that we have wanted to see from the punting unit overall. That's all I got for you. The uh, special teams has to be substantially better than they were. They need to just be good enough to where you're not worried about them. The defense needs to not regress. They need to find answers uh, for the depth questions that we have. And I think they'll be okay. The offense, I think, maybe has a little bit of a longer path to being good than those other two units. We'll see. Uh, I think the offense probably has enough pieces, but adding a piece here or there wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, But again, I I just don't know who is out there that you could go get. Obviously there's, you know, for wide receiver, there's Julio or uh, I don't know, Cole Beasley, Will Fuller, you know, there there are guys you could go get. I don't know how how far that needle would would get pushed for you. Ryan played a clip on his podcast uh, earlier in the week of uh, Adam Rank <laughs> talking about how in the year that Josh Allen broke out, his receivers were, who was it, John Brown and Cole Beasley? Like it was bad. <laughs> but I wanted to get your mind rolling on this and, uh, and, and start – Focusing our attention on what are the key issues that the Packers need to handle. Because the rest of the NFC, I think, is pretty beatable this year. We'll see. It's it's really early. Um, long time until the first snap of football, actual football, is played. But I think there's a lot of potential for this team to be substantially better than last year's team was. I don't think it can be as good as the 2020 team was. But the 2020 team had some glaring weaknesses as well. So we'll see how how it shakes out. I'm starting to get really excited for this. Um, We get uh, mandatory minicamp and OTAs coming up pretty soon. And uh, some of those are going to be open to the public as well. So that'll be exciting. We get a lot more information and some uh, video footage of what's going on in practice. That will be super exciting. Patreon.com slash JJ Leahy if you want to help support the show, help me uh, upgrade my equipment for recording. And Twitter.com slash JJ Leahy if you want to uh, send me any messages or just keep up with uh, Packers news. That's all i got for you. Have a good one. Talk to you later.